Welcome to the Extraordinary Life Podcast from the creator of the Extraordinary Life Tribe, Crystal Obergon. The self-development podcast propelling you forward toward your goals using science-backed high-performance habits. Reach the next level in your physical and mental health. See new heights in your relationships. Gain clarity on your purpose and live your extraordinary life. Welcome your host, writer, speaker, and coach, Crystal Obergon. Hi there. This is Crystal from Crystal Obergon Coaching with episode number 18 of the Extraordinary Life Podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking with Kai Deering, a fellow entrepreneur I've gotten to know well over the past year and a half in a networking group and in an eight-month program we were both in. So don't let anyone tell you that you can't form impactful relationships online because we sure have. Kai has been sharing about her habits and routines on social media lately, so I thought she would be perfect to interview and share her experience and perspective since that's been the theme of my podcast in September and October. So let's get started. Kai, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. I, I think it's funny. I don't think we've ever met in person, have we? We actually have. I have one of your cards. So we did meet before pandemic world happened. Wow. I didn't realize that class was eight months. We have definitely had a long, mutually beneficial relationship. I've interviewed you on my show and you said one of your best things you do is your morning routine. So we talked a lot about that. So it's fun to be able to reciprocate. Yes. Yeah, so I've been with my company Legal Shield for, it'll be 20 years at the end of the year. I just cannot believe how fast time flies. But when you love what you do and you do what you love, it doesn't really feel like work. And I was doing it for free, referring it for free before I knew there was even you know a way to work with the company, just like you would a good movie, a good restaurant. And when I saw that, you know, you could actually help people and make an incredible income, I was all in. So it took me about three and a half years to walk away from a career I didn't love. And a lot of it was due to some simple disciplines compounding over time that allowed me to be able to walk away from a career that I didn't love. And now for the last over 15 years, all I've done is work from home. And thank goodness during this weird last 18, 19 months, it's been a total blessing. And it was almost like I had a crystal ball. I'm like, hey, I'm already working from home. All of our attorneys were all working from home. We didn't skip a beat. In fact, we were really busy helping people, as you can imagine, with legal questions and getting their wills done for free in the downturn or or in the great pause, they're calling it. Some of us have not really paused. We've been keeping moving, keeping moving. I was teasing you. I've been saying, oh, I'm going to have all this time. So I bought all this bedroom stuff to redo my master carpet and artwork and a headboard. And I just finally did it Saturday, which I think is hilarious. I thought I'd be, oh, I have all this free time. I just... No, I have been the most busy I've ever been in my career. So yes, I 100% agree. And you've been really busy too, young lady. Yes, I have. I've been sharing a lot, like you said, about morning routines because that is totally my thing is the morning routine. And I'm personally, I'm starting to work more on my evening routine because obviously that impacts the morning. And I think it's also good to evaluate how your day went. And I know that you are not as much of a morning person as I am. So I'd like to know what you do. Do you focus on your morning routine or your evening routine or both? 
It just depends on when you start your day. So I am not a morning person. My husband, when we got together over 20 years ago, he was an engineer and he always went to work late, came back late and he was a musician. So I needed to either, you know, conform to him or I was just going to be like ships passing in the night and never see him. So luckily I've been able to conform to him with my career. And I think a good time to get up is about nine is a perfect time, 8.30 or nine. And I appreciate that. So often that people say, don't do your phone. Don't look at it. I totally do. The first thing I do right when I get up is I get some things cleaned out of my phone because that just makes me feel better. I can get out of bed and now I don't have anything pressing. I'll you know, scroll real quick through my emails, make sure there's nothing in there that's super pressing that I need to because I do not get up early. Just make sure there's nothing really pressing. And then I love to read. I've been told since I got started my company to read 10 pages of a good book every single morning. So before my feet at the ground. And actually... The funny thing about the phone thing is Mark Cuban says he does that too. He's like, I know we're not supposed to. And that guy's super successful. So I, I he almost gave me permission to do that in the morning. I'm like, done, because I was doing it anyway. And I'm like, yay. And then I read my 10 pages of a good book. And I try to grab a cup of coffee and I try to go outside if it's warm enough. And I write down my 10 gratitudes. What am I grateful for? 10 of them. And it's just a really good habit. There's a great book one of my colleagues wrote. He wrote a book called 30 Ways in 30 Days. And it's all about these simple little daily discipline. So I write those down every day. And then I feel like I'm in a place where I could ask. So once you're grateful, you can ask. So then I ask for the universe what I want. So I write down my goals, health and abundance. They're almost like quasi affirmations, but I write them down. And then from there, I feel I can take on the day. So then after that, I'll just write down the four or five things that I absolutely have to do today for it to be a successful day. I do have a question about what you said about cruising through your phone when you get up, make sure there's nothing pressing. Do you limit that time or do you just naturally go through, get what you need and then go on to your next thing? It's funny. So this morning I do my show every Thursday. And so this morning, I just want to make sure I was confirmed for Thursday. I did that. I'm doing an event in Phoenix. I want to confirm my photographer. So I started out the day whenever I'm in my little bed, pick up my phone and do about 15, 20 minutes. And I start off with like some killer wins. Right. And that just gets me going. So I know people say, don't check your social media. Don't check your, but I do. I check my emails real quick. I check my text messages real quick. And there's always something good in there. And maybe that's just because that's how I roll. I don't have bad stuff in there. So I'm not worried about that. I don't check the news. I'm not like giving myself a bad day by checking gloom and doom. But always, I just want to have a couple quick wins before my feet hit the ground. And then I feel like once I've got a few couple wins, there's nothing pressing, then I can read those 10 pages of a good book. I can grab my coffee. I can go outside, feel my gratitudes. And then from there, write down what are my goals. And from there, jot down the three to five things that are going to be a huge win for me today. And some of them, I might have even done because I sat in bed for those 5, 15, 20 minutes and did it. So I can scratch that off my list. And I've been taught this forever. As long as you're not you know, starting your day, reading the news, watching depressing news, as long as you're not ending your day the exact same way, do you end your day listening to the news? What are you putting in your subconscious? What you're ending your day with is super important. So when I end my day, and you know that I, I walk or work out every day, every day. And it doesn't matter when I do it. I think last night I did it at like eight to nine. I just, I have to do it. So that's it. So it doesn't matter when it is. I just get it done. doesn't mean I'm skinny because I'm not, but I love doing it because it just makes me feel better to get out there and do it. But I'll listen to podcasts when I'm walking, get some more personal development in there. And then before I go to bed, 
I try to read a few more pages of a good book and then I'm good. I feel like I can work on some positive things while I'm sleeping at night. And I, I seem like I do a lot better. And I don't know if you can relate to this. I don't sleep well because I'm like, my husband says I have two speeds. I have on or asleep and that's it, which is kind of true because I'm like an ever-ready bunny. And so sometimes I can't sleep at night because I think about things all the time. What I've been doing is I just recount my gratitudes like in my head. What am I grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful that we own our house in Silicon Valley. I'm grateful that we uh, have a lot of abundance. I'm grateful for our good health. And like by about the third or fourth, I'm asleep. And what a great way to put yourself to sleep with your gratitudes. I wake up on fire. So I think that's a great little hack right there too. Definitely. I love that. I love a few things about what you said. One is that you are, you're on and off your phone pretty quickly. Where people have problems is when they look at their phone and all of a sudden an hour or two hours have passed and it's actually not anything mindful. I always call it mindless scrolling or whatever. But also just that idea that there aren't really rules. I'm sure you've experimented and what you're doing totally works for you. If you were trying to go out with your coffee and do your gratitude and you hadn't gotten those quick wins already or you didn't know if there was anything pressing, it'd probably be really hard for you to focus on that. I would feel guilty. I would not be able to enjoy that time right? because I'd be like, what if I'm missing something really important? Because I am a, a later person than most people and I do have business and team on the East Coast. I got to mm-hmm. make sure there's nothing like something due. And um, yeah, that's just really important to me. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's easy to work too much and because it's right here, especially if you're working from home like I do. At first, it was difficult to work from home. I'd never worked from home. And I was like, oh, look, at there's daytime TV. What's on that? Wow, there's dishes here. What's going on over there? Because I was never home. So it took me a little while to get the hang of working from home, quite honestly. But once I got it, I actually got it a little bit too much. Like, I'm like, oh, it's just right here. Let me do something else. You know, I'm married as well. And sometimes like my husband yesterday went to go visit his parents and I was like, yay, because then I can do more and get some stuff done and things like that too. Thursday and Friday, I pretty much took both days off. My friends were in town. We went to their pool at their hotel and hung out and then went for a hike and then went for dinner. And then the next day they came here and we finished my bedroom, remember? And so I, I'll be able to do whatever I want whenever I want to. So I'll take weird days off. And then I worked all day Saturday, all day Sunday. But that's the bonus of being your own boss. I got fired for insubordination, which meant I had a problem with authority. Didn't mean I had a problem with working. I had a great work ethic. I just didn't want to work when you told me to. Why is a grown person have to listen to another grown person say, you got to come in at this time. You can only go to the bathroom at this time. You can only have these many days off. And I was 100% commissioned. So I'm thinking to myself, if I don't work, I don't get paid, lady. And I'll do whatever I want whenever I want to. And I'm one of your top producers in the entire company. Why don't you just leave me alone? And she wouldn't. And that's why I got fired. I thought it was really interesting. It was a woman who didn't like women and was a power tripper. And what do you care if people are getting their work done? This is why high tech workers got it so figured out. They don't care as long as you get it done. If you're an engineer and you want to finish it at home at night till four o'clock in the morning, we could care less. And that's really what the world, I think, with the great pause has gone towards Mm because it's not like what you're doing. It's what are you doing the results? And that's it. I mean, If you like your results right now, keep doing what you're doing. If you're not, maybe take some of the tips that I gave you, take some of the tips that, you know, Crystal has, she's got great tips and do you do what works for you and find a place that you're appreciated. If that's being self-employed, like we've done, 
where your gifts and your talents are going to be celebrated, not put under a thumb, because that's really difficult to function in life and be a good spouse and a good parent and be a happy person. If the eight hours that you're spending, you don't like it, freaking make a change. As we've seen, life is not a dress rehearsal. You are in charge. And if you don't like what's happening, for crying out loud, you're not a tree. You can move. I'll be talking a little bit about productivity later in the month. A lot of the women that I work with actually are super productive. They get it done when they want to get it done. And what it really means is they don't need 40 hours in a week to get it done, honestly they're working for someone or if they're consulting, it can be hard to buck that trend, especially in the Silicon Valley. Sometimes it's way more than 40 hours a week. Well, it's like a stupid badge of honor. And I got to tell you something that really annoys me. And I have a colleague and he's my mentor and I've never had the guts to tell him this and I'm going to have to tell him, but he's always, I'm busy. Why is your busy any more important than my busy? We're all busy. We all have like 24 hours in a day. It's what you do with that busy. But I hate that whole drama. Oh, I'm just so, you know what? It's choice. It's a choice that you're that Mm -hmm. busy. And I think about what does the word busy conjure in your head? It conjures overwhelm, negative. Why would you ever want to feel that? So why Mm -hmm. would you say that to somebody else? It makes your busy more important than they're busy. And if that is not a positive term, why would you use that word? Plates full, something else that's not, I'm so busy. It's a cop-out. I have a real pet peeve with that when people say that to me. You're in charge. I think that's what the whole thing here is. You're in charge. And how do you start being in charge of yourself? It starts with little daily disciplines. And that slight edge is really interesting because it says, you know, if you ate a hamburger today and from McDonald's and you died, no one would eat a hamburger, but you dig your grave with your teeth. It's the fact that you eat a hamburger every day, you know, like supersize me, you're going to end up dead. It's the, the small daily disciplines that seem to have no effect in the act of doing it, but compounding over time equals success. And there's certainly been people in my company that have been here for 20 years that have more success than I do. Some that have had less success and it's seriously the slight edge. They figured out 1% hack more than I figured out, or they've just outworked me because there's really only two things that happen. Either you're not doing something enough. And my mentor says, or you're not doing something hundred percent. And 99% of the time, it's not, you're not doing enough. It's not how you're doing it. It's that you're not doing enough. And we work for ourselves. So we're our own worst boss. We're like, oh, we made five calls. Oh, I need a cup of coffee. There's a little red book of selling in it. There's a chapter in there that says, learn how to kick your own ass. And I love that chapter. I hope I was okay that I said that. I was just quoting a chapter. Okay. <laughs> but I love that because that's true. When you're self-employed and it's 100% up to you, you've got to learn how to be your own worst boss. Otherwise, the day will get away from you. You'll have lost days where you didn't do anything and you can't understand why at the end of the month you can't pay your bills. That's why. I love so many things about what you said, doing that little bit. And that's actually a lot about atomic habits. And then I think probably tiny habits as well, which I haven't read, but I've read atomic habits. It's those little things every day that make the huge difference. Yeah. There's a book, Slight Edge is one I'm referring to and Mm -hmm. the compound effect with Hardy. Those are both really great books. And I think the compound effect is actually probably a little bit better because it relates more to business. I love to eat you know that I love my wine. And so I walk every day just to keep that at bay because there's certain things I'm not willing to compromise on. You have shared that, especially during the pandemic, you decided that you would walk every day, absolutely no matter what. Friday the 13th, 2020, 
I had a, a ladies of justice event with literally 30 women in a room. And by the time the lunch was over, we had a big training the next day with 150 people registered for Saturday, March 14th, 2020. By the end of that day, you couldn't have a gathering. So two things happened. Number one was I had made a decision outside of the pandemic. That was the day I was going to start, which I thought was interesting. So I just started walking. I had frozen shoulder in both arms. I couldn't lift my arms over my head. I had over the holidays, 2019, right before this March, I've had a lot of chronic knee issues, but I had my knee drained twice. I had an allergic reaction to a cortisone shot. My knee was this big. I was in physical therapy for my arms. I had one limb that functioned, one as of March 13th. And I just said, screw it. I got to do something. So I just said 10,000 steps and I just started shuffling around my neighborhood. And I did it at dark because it wasn't pretty. And I wasn't in very good shape at this point. And so I just started shuffling. And I had been in great shape going to Orange Theory, jogging every day. I was in really good shape. I was about 20 pounds heavier than I should be because I couldn't do anything. My husband had to dye my hair for me because I couldn't lift my arms. He has to hook my bra. I couldn't even get my bra on. It was so bad. So I just started shuffling around the neighborhood. And when I went to Mexico, which was middle of July, 2021, in that whole year and like four months, five months, that time frame, I had only missed nine days ever of 10,000 steps. At this point, I'd gotten up to being able to run for a minute, run for five, walk for whatever, run for whatever, and get back into it. And I'd started going to the gym because things in July members started to open up. They thought we were out of the clear. And then right when I came back from Mexico, there was the Delta. So anyway, that whole thing happened. And what was really interesting, I got down to right before Mexico, down 20 pounds. Most people gained 20 pounds in the pandemic. I had lost 20 pounds. It was just the slight edge. It was just walking every single day. Now it was all you can eat and all you can drink at Mexico. And, I, and then I sprained my ankle. So I'm, I'm back up about 10, but we're going back in the other direction because it's always you're in the slight edge going up or going down. And sometimes it's outside of your you know realm, like having an injury and not being able to walk because I sprained my ankle it's outside of your control. So you got to let things go sometimes when they're outside of control. Second thing that happened was you really want me in your zombie apocalypse because I'm quick to pivot. Like I'm a doer. That March 13th, when they closed our event on the 14th, we had 150 people registered. I immediately pivoted. I did the very first event our company ever did online for like that size. We ended up with not 150, but over 250 people on that Zoom. We kicked so much tail. We proved it could be done. And um, never looked back. And so I say that to say, one of the most important things about successful people is when they make a decision, they're quick. I just decided I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to pivot this to online. All my colleagues canceled their events. They were scared. They were stuck in the mud. And I'm like, no, we're doing it. If you think about it, unsuccessful people are slow to make a decision and they're quick to change their mind. Here, I'm just like all in. Like with Legal Shield, 20 years. What you're doing wasn't stupid. I'm helping a ton of people. And I don't think it's a sin to be able to get rich and help people at the same time, all in. That's it. If what you're doing isn't stupid, you love what you do, just do it and tell. And that was the same thing with the walking, my injuries. I'm just going to do it and tell. My body wants to heal itself. I'm just going to do it and tell whether it looks pretty, looks good, because you can't be getting better and look good at the same time. So do it at night when no one's watching, like I did. It was embarrassing schlepping around my neighborhood in the rain and that (laughs) night. But I just don't care. Like we got to, I told you one of my favorite things about being over 50 is I could care less what people think about me anymore. It's so liberating. I love that about you. I love that about you. And I think my mentor, Brendan said it, that people aren't afraid of starting. They're afraid to be seen starting small. Because it's not pretty. It doesn't look good. 
I thought I was going to be a millionaire right out of the gate. I made $500 a month my first year and I thought I would make six figures. I didn't know the game I was in. I didn't know what I was doing. So it's arrogance a lot of times and it's dangerous. If people have had some success before and then they try something and it doesn't work right away, that's when they quit because you have to be okay with being temporarily embarrassed to be permanently awesome, rich, whatever else you want to be. Because you've made all the money you can make in your comfort zone. You've blessed all the people you can bless in that comfort zone. And that's the danger. Like I'll recruit people to come work with us. And if they've had success before, they get in here and they look stupid for five minutes and they quit like that. I was willing to look stupid. I just didn't care. I was willing to fail forward. I was willing to be bad before I'm good. I don't know anyone that's ridden a bike. It didn't get bloodied. So I'd prefer somebody who's a winner who hasn't won yet. I would much rather work with those people than the ones who have won that come in here and this thing kicks their hiney. And then they go crying and leave because it's easier to do it. The only way to fail is actually to quit. I have seen stupid business models and they're like all in and I can just sit there and go, oh my gosh, I could see it from a mile away. It's never going to work. There are times where you should quit. <laughs> what you're doing is that doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. <laughs> like I've seen people take stuff to market where I'm just like, you have so much competition. If it's any good at all, like a technology thing, if it's any good at all, Apple will just stomp you. You know what I mean? Yes, there are some business models that you can do that you should quit <laughs> and quit right. fast. That's the, again, <laughs> the decisions. If you realize what you're doing isn't working, be quick to ditch it. You know what I'm saying? Right. If what you're doing isn't stupid and you love it, look stupid till you can finish it. Yeah, exactly. And also, exactly. what would you be teaching your kids? That's the other thing too. You're like, oh, I want to be a coach. This is you. I want to be a coach. And it's not easy. There's a lot of competition. What you're doing Mm -hmm. isn't stupid. You love it. It makes your heart sing. Mm -hmm. What would you teach your kids if you're like, eh, I did it for six months. It didn't work. I didn't make enough money. I'm out. People are watching you. You might as well do the slight edge, put in the work, do the things that it takes because there's no such thing as an overnight success. I'm a 20 year success story is what they say, but it was before that. I I was the kid who followed the Grateful Dead and sold grilled cheese and fruit kebabs and you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. You right. know, I made jewelry. I sold it on consignment and dog walked and house sit. So when they look at something like, oh, you're an overnight success. I'm like, no, these principles I'm sharing with you are 40 years in the making. You don't have to wait 40 years to be successful, but you got to start now. Might as well start your daily habits today. Exactly. I want to ask you to share just one more story because I love the story. I've heard you tell it just a couple times, but I love it, about the coach that you had that had you set an alarm for various times during the day. So I hired a coach and they had me read The Power of Now. So you need to read that book. I'm like, okay. And and you need to tell me what you're feeling. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, set a random alarm 10 times a day. And I want you to keep a journal. And every time it goes off, I just want you to immediately think about what you're thinking and write it down. I'm like, what? And then I realized when I first did it, well, this is stupid. What am I thinking? I'm thinking I'm thirsty. And then the alarm would go off again and I'd be like, I'm thinking I need to go to the bathroom. It was just such primal, stupid stuff. And I told him that. So I came back a week later and I go, I don't know what the point of is this. It's just stupid. It's totally dumb. It's like, all I'm thinking about is maybe I should eat some. Boy, it looks nice outside. And he's like, no. That's your subconscious trying to keep you from really what you're thinking. It's trying to protect you. I'm like, wait, what? Nope. Keep going. I go, this is the dumbest thing ever. 
So I kept going and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And eventually that little facade of that little, this is the, also the book we were reading, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That little facade that's there isn't really who you are because that is who you are in accordance to your environment. It's not in accordance to who you really are. It's just your worth next to your environment. And so your environment says, oh, it's cold. I should get a sweater. Like that's the stuff I was thinking. So then they, he said, keep going and keep reading the book. And then I realized after a while of doing this, it was like maybe another week later, we got on, on our, our call again. And he said, how to go this week? And at some point I realized I could break through the primal stuff. I got to pee. I'm cold. I'm hungry, whatever. And I realized what was in there was like a low grade pissed off. It was bizarre. Cause I think I'm like the most positive person I know, but I remember thinking my text message doesn't work. So I, I remember thinking like, what I'm really thinking is how my text message sucks. And then I'd be like, you know what I'm really thinking? I really hate that I don't have, cause I have an IT person that can fix all my stuff. And then my alarm goes off and I'm driving and I think, what am I really thinking? I'm thinking that car is stupid for speeding. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not realize that literally everything I was really thinking was actually below grade piss. And, and I don't know even a better way to say that, like just a little bit of a low grade irritated at everything. And I imagine you, know, you had a high school daughter. I'd imagine just about every day you'd be feeling that if the alarm goes off. And she's on the phone and you can hear her or your son's playing his music and his piano and he hits a bad key and you're like, right? (laughs) It was a really, and like your husband might be like, my husband just walks by all the time and rolls his eyes. You know what I mean? I'm like, wait, who are we rolling? So it's that low grade, whatever. And so once you can break down the BS, find out Mm -hmm. what's really under there. That's, I love, that's why I love that book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. You can do it with meditation, affirmations, daily routines you can now begin to change that. That really resonates with me. That idea of becoming aware of what your habits and thought patterns are now so that you can break some of those habits of being yourself and create the new you. So thank you, Kai, so much for being on the podcast. The best way to reach Kai is to go to connectwithkai.com. She has all the links to how she can help you with either a low-cost legal plan, starting your own business, working with her, or her awesome show that airs every Thursday at 10 a.m. So I will also share those links in the podcast notes. So have a great rest of your day, and I will see you in here next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Life Podcast with writer and coach, Crystal Obergon. We'd love to connect with you outside of the podcast too. To find more helpful insights, show notes, and more about Crystal, go to crystalobergon.com. That's O-B-R-E-G-O-N, where you will also find info for the Design Your Decade Workshop. This workshop will help you to stop drifting and start creating. Until next time, be extraordinary.